the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. When I start at the 7 o'clock hour, the market's already open, so I kind of do a roll call of what's happening and why. And then I try to piece together the other four, five, six, six, seven segments into a podcast. I try to keep the podcast at four total segments or less. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Tell a friend, pass it on. Thanks, help. Um, all that good stuff. I listen to commercials though when I'm doing the radio show and I've been doing the radio show for over 20 years. And during the radio show, there's commercials and you get, I've heard some commercials a lot. Let's just say, but also during the commercials, there's market updates that are sponsored by, you know, um, various companies, but brought to you by basically my, my company that pays me minimum wage to the show. Um, and I'm happy to get it. I'm not, I love the broadcast angle. I really do. It's fun. Um, it keeps me honest. It keeps me, I have to get in front of a microphone every day. I'm not playing golf ever at 6 a.m. No tea times at eight, nothing like that. It was always my goal is to be locked into research early so that my day progressed around research. One of the things I heard during the commercial break was a market update and, um, it just made me crack up because yesterday was a big day on the markets and today's a big day on the market. It sounds like, and what I said, and my producer probably caught this. I go, wow. Um, I don't really care about the daily market moves. I don't care if the market's up 600 one day, 500 another day down a thousand. It's not how I play the game. And I play the game to create wealth and to not get caught up in scams, not to get caught up in fees and products. Um, even though I'm representing a certified financial planning firm, uh, there are fees there. Of course there are. They're essentially glorified lawyers or glorified <clears throat> knowledgeable people about wealth. And there's always going to be a transaction, <clears throat> a relationship there. I like it that it's fee only. It's in your best interest. Um, I like the accreditation of a certified financial planner, but even more importantly, I like the fact that they can do things that I can't. So I have a CFP with the firm that I work with and it just, I can create wealth. That's easy, but manage it in retirement's a little more difficult. So anyway, I heard the rally is extending yesterday to today. Must be the sign of a bottom. Not necessarily. It would be lovely if it was, because I know some people now are making some bad decisions. Got a person who I've seen my 401k drop and I need to take, you know, my, uh, I need to pay myself because I'm in retirement. What should I do? I'm like, well, you got to tell me a little bit more of what you have in your 401k. And you should have had more emergency fund. You know, you hear CFP Chad Burton come on the show on a regular basis say, you need three years of cash flow. We are six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, nine months, 10 months into a bad bear market. 
um, where it's, it's, it feels like I'm down. I'm a sad bear. <laughs> kind of like, it's not good. It could be three years. That's why does Chad say three years of, of income in cash or cash like reserves? Because bear markets happen. It's not like, oh, I woke up and suddenly there's aliens living amongst us. When did this happen? You shouldn't be surprised by it. Anyhow, I don't want to get too far off base here. Um, I saw one of those um, stories on homes that people bought during the pandemic. You know that there was a big move from the big city. Why well, live in the big city if restaurants are closed? Let's move to the suburbs. Let's go somewhere where there's trees and bears. Not like bear markets, but bears, like real bears. That And people moved. I was a little stunned by this. Listen to this. Um, three quarters of pandemic homebuyers have regrets. And then I thought about it. I, I Technically, I bought a home during the pandemic. I bought last year in 2021. Um, I moved my family from a 1,600 square foot home into a bigger home that has a pool. Uh, the pool parties have been epic for the kids and it's worth every penny. But do I have? Yeah, I know, right? Nearly three quarters of people who bought. And I'm like, wait, wait, I'm one of those people. So I, I kind of got into this article thinking like, wait, wait, people have regrets about buying a home? And I was like, let's see what their regrets are. Because that, that'll give me some poops and giggles, you know? Um, Kay Kingsman bought her very first home in the summer of 2021, but now wishes she had it. And ultimately, we kind of broke the rules. We started letting the seller be completely in control instead of learning to ask questions. Um, the seller was like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to ask answer questions. If you don't want it, I'll sell it to someone else. Okay, okay. You get how that's going. Um, when she bought her home, Kay Kingsman, she recounts finding beard shavings in the bathroom and the carpet smelling of cat urine. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting that she couldn't smell the cat urine when she first saw it, but did she buy it sight unseen? We don't know. The water pressure was weak and the air conditioning was busted. There also was no parking privileges because it was a condo that the previous owner got into a spat with a homeowners association. I'm not a big fan of homeowners associations or condos. When it comes to real estate, it's the one area that I will say try not to do. Unless you go in thinking, this is going to be a starter. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get the hell out. I'm going to find someone else to sell it to. So if I were to do a condo, I would do it really, really close to a big campus like Apple. Or if I work for Apple, I'd do it really, really close to a big campus like my where I work. Or a hospital or a university. You're going to need someone to buy that piece of poop from you down the road. Now, you're saying, Rob, I live in a condo. Do I live in a piece of poop? No, I'm not saying that. I think the homeowner association is a piece of poop. Um, you can't leave shoes outside your door. You can't have a door color painted the color green. You can't have, um, it is this, I've heard too many stories. And have you ever heard of a homeowner's association going down in cost? Nope. Have you ever heard of the rules getting easier 
and everyone really likes each other in a homeowners association. Nope. Uh, then you get into like charging of electric vehicles in a homeowners situation and you can't have a cord going out to your car. That's totally against the rules. So I'm not a homeowners association kind of guy. And it sounds like this woman got into HOA type scenario. And maybe what she should have said is during the pandemic, I should not have got into a homeowners association kind of thing. Nearly three fourths of Americans who purchased homes in 2021 and 2022 have regrets. Pandemic era buyers really faced unprecedented conditions. The combination of rising prices, few options to choose from, and the extreme time pressure meant some buyers really ended up in a home less than ideal. Um, I tell you my stories because I think they're A, honest, and B, relevant. Um, I've got a son who, um, I, well, I was born with a situation where I process way than you do. Um, I don't visually see things like you do um, when... I see the word, when I see, you say the word car, um, I see like a car with three wheels instead of four. And I go, it's car. And I'm like, that's, that's a car. And they're like, wait, what's wrong with this picture? I'm like, it's a car. I know that dummy. And they're like, no, no, it's missing a tire. I'm like, oh, I missed that. So I learned how to process a little bit differently than you do. Um, it's a form of dyslexia. It's very, very mild. It's not very life changing. Um, it just, I learned to read differently than you do. I learned to understand things differently than you do. And again, it's not the dyslexia that you think of. There's five different types of dyslexia. It's not the I before E spelling backwards kind of thing. It's a visual thing. Um, so I found a great school for my son and we basically said, let's move. And one month later we were gone. That's how fast it happened. Um, so yeah, I got into a home that, and that was a situation where we're looking for a home, looking for a home, looking for a home. No, that one's not quite right. Oh man, that one's got a, <laughs> I looked at a home, listen to this crap that had a golf range on it. And in the backyard, it's like on the side of a hill. So it's got netting and the realtor's like, yeah, yeah, this, this guy, his son was a, college golfer and he's on the pro tour now and he grew up in this home and it was a pretty funky home with lots of steps built into the side of a hill uh, it wasn't my thing it had a great it had a grotto pool like i would have felt like come on into the playboy mansion and come into the grotto it was that kind of cheesy but i was like maybe this is what i'm gonna end up with and at the last second a dream home came open and available and we got into a bidding war do i have some regrets of course i have some regrets do I wish that I paid, you know, over the market? Yeah. Do I wish I would have known a little bit more about how to maintain a pool? Sure. Um, I live in the country. Like I live without cellular service. <laughs> That's how bad it is. We have the internet, but the cellular service isn't in the location. Um, and there's a big fight amongst community owners of like, should we get Verizon to put a tower up? And they've been zoned for a tower. And I don't know. We all have regrets. The market's switching, so take your time if you can. Get an inspection. Waving an inspection is a lot of risk. I had to wave an inspection. I could have had kryptonite underneath my home. I know you're saying kryptonite's not real. Okay, radiation. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I hate this time of year. It's too dark in the morning for too long. I'm not a long winter dark kind of night kind of guy. On this day in 1582, 
Pope Gregory the 13th introduced the Gregorian calendar to replace the Julian calendar. And it literally stole time from us. Changing the whole perfect measurement of a year with adding the spring equinox. Um, all I'm going to say is uh, winters are tough on me. It's just too dark in the mornings. Anyhow, I move on. I move on. Yesterday was a big, 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 big day on Wall Street. Up 2.2% on the NASDAQ. Up 2.5% on the S&P 500. Up 2.6% on the Dow. Maybe an opening bell sound would have been better there, but that's okay. It was a big cash day for sure. Uh, Bitcoin up 1.75%, playing with that 19535 uh, Tesla was down 8.6% yesterday, as they said they delivered fewer vehicles. Now, here's what's really happening. The market's paying a lot of attention to that 10-year treasury. And Rob Black says, in the last 25 years, there's probably 20 things that I can go over with you. And I'll do this one day with you. Um, when the 10-year treasury is at 35 to 4%, you buy bonds. When the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%, you buy stocks. And the 10-year treasury is at 3.63%. Um, so I'm going more value and I'm going more fixed, in, not fixed income, but more income oriented. Um, and that probably falls into the value category. I am selectively picking up some growth that has gotten shellacked. Not a lot, just a little bit, because I'm sticking to where I I feel comfortable with the 10-year treasury. Stocks came out of the gate yesterday, like one of the fastest horses you've ever seen in a horse race. Like when the like if you've ever watched soccer and you've seen some kid run that ball down the field, you're like, man, that kid looks like he's running downhill. That was yesterday, and it looks like it could be today too. Best first day of a quarter since 2009 yesterday was the first day of the fourth quarter. Today is the second day of the fourth quarter. September was a month of gloom. I don't like the way winter plays um, on the stock market, and I don't like the way winter plays in the weather or in the sunlight of my day. Um, again, there was a loser yesterday. On a day when speculation was up big, on a day when growth was up big, Tesla, kind of a speculative growth stock based on valuation. Um, ship fewer cars than expected. Um, there's a Supreme Court case that is going to be very interesting because we live, I live in the Bay Area. Most of my audience lives in the Bay Area. I do a radio and TV show in the Bay Area, but I also do global podcasts. But Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, it broadly protected websites from liability for posts made by third parties. Supreme Court is going to decide how far that liability lasts or goes or sticks around or disappears. The case the Supreme Court will take up was lodged against Google over YouTube recommending videos made by ISIS about what responsibility websites might have for hosting terrorist propaganda. As is a related suit, the court also agreed to hear against Twitter. Who loves Section 230? Big tech and anyone else whose business depends on the internet. It's the law that allows Google, social media companies, video sharing sites, YouTube, Vimeo, review based sites like Yelp or Airbnb, or even regular old sites that allow users comments, the ability to operate without getting sued into oblivion over things like defamation. Who hates it? Members of Congress or all politicians on both sides of the aisle 
Both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have called for the repeal of Section 230. When I say Trump and Biden agree on something, you're like, no. Well, in this case, it's a yes. The internet landscape won't change immediately, but when the court does eventually rule, it could narrowly focus on whether exceptions should be made for terrorism or it could totally change life on the internet as we know it for now. Um, obviously, some areas where it's positive are copyright violations. A um, lot going on there. A lot going on there. You like smoothies, right? Who doesn't like smoothies? There's a growing demand for food on the go. The clunky brick and mortar model doesn't seem to meet anymore. Um, smoothies take a lot of time. Incomes, so it takes a lot of time and labor. So if you're a company like a Starbucks and you want to sell more product, in comes a, a smoothie kiosk. So robots will replace workers who make 20 bucks an hour. There is a tipping point, and you've seen it through the years. McDonald's is a great example. If you go into McDonald's every five years, it's a really different experience. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? I ordered a large Coke and they're, they're like the cup and the kiosk is right behind you, jerk. I'm like, wait, wait, kiosk? I do this myself? Ah, miracle. You're seeing robots now. Kiosks ultimately make pizzas. You're seeing them make chips, dropping the the dough into the fryer, making donuts. Um, and that $20 employee is going away fast. We're looking at the smoothie market to be disrupted by robots. Just throwing it down there for you. North Korea fired a ballistic missile yesterday that soared over northern Japan before landing in the Pacific Ocean, forcing Japan to warn residents to take cover and causing temporary suspension of train service in the area. Um, lovely, right? Lovely that we have to have Kim Jong-un um, and the dude with bad haircut, Rocket Man, as Trump once referred to him. Little rocket man, I think is what a term was, right? Ukrainians got really upset at Elon Musk for tweeting that he wants to help solve and let Russia keep parts of Crimea and Ukraine that he's annexed. <laughs> it's not pretty. So the politicians from Ukraine are like telling him to back the out of their business. And I wasn't bleeped there. I did that myself. 33% of Americans anticipate going into debt. Get this on sporting events. Um, probably one of the dumbest things I ever did impulse wise was in my early twenties. I bought season tickets to the Washington Capitals. I just started my business. My business was growing. Um, games were at seven o'clock so I can do it when the market was closed. And then you realize the severity of it. The money was big. It's like $2,000, right? When you're a kid, that's a lot of money. But the time commitment was just such a drain on my life. I was like, you want free tickets? You want tickets to the game? Like I was trying to give them away to people I didn't even know at the end. And I got nothing out of it. I didn't get a Stanley Cup. I didn't get a, get on the ice. I didn't get to make a save. Like We'll talk a little bit more about this. How much people are willing to pay for Super Bowl tickets? 33% of all Americans are anticipating going into debt after splurging on their favorite teams. Generation Z, $464. 
Millennials, $645. Generation X, $827. The Xers, the 42 to 56 are the ones who are trying to keep their youth alive by supporting the sports teams. Um, it's an interesting survey. Because as I've gotten older, I'll go to a baseball game, but I'm not getting season tickets. Um, and I don't live or die by the sport. And I certainly stay clear of trouble at sporting events. It's just not my thing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I got an email that I responded to yesterday. It was about a man with his 401k and his distributions that he has to make. And he's really quite anxious about it because it's down market and he doesn't want to sell low. Um, He doesn't really have a very good financial plan. It's too basic. It's too inept. It didn't have enough cash. But he's like, I need to take 4% out now. I'm like, eh, you're probably looking at more like 1.9% 1, 1. for that 4% payment that you need. So what you can take is a lot less than you used to think you could take because inflation's killing the dude. Um, and stock market correction, the combination, you're getting a lot less bang for your buck. I throw that down because I really think it's important to have three years of cash on the sidelines. Um, right now, if I were to lose my job, I could pay every single bill for three years. I wouldn't be happy, but I could. Um, that's the retirement rule. For my emergency money tied towards my career, this is probably my last stop. But let's say it wasn't. I could probably go out and get a job within three months. There's a lot of job openings. There's a lot of tech companies hiring. I can... I could feed my family in under three months. So while you're working for income, you need somewhere between three to six months. In retirement, you need three years. Um, so you can survive down markets while you're living off the income beast, what's called your 401k. John Deere stock has risen despite weak earnings. I like John Deere and I like Caterpillar. Um What's really fascinating about what I just said is John Deere's stock has risen despite bad earnings. What, and I'm going to give you a, a second or two to think about this. What pushes John Deere and Caterpillar higher if it's not earnings? I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. A little Jeopardy music, please. Do, 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 do. What pushes tractor companies higher? Price of corn. <laughs> It's not what you would think, right? Maybe it's what you would think. Um, so when you hear about food inflation, you should instantly go, ooh, there may be a buying opportunity in John Deere or Caterpillar. For the record, I own shares of Caterpillar. Deere reported weaker than expected fiscal third quarter numbers. The county also cut full-year new income guidance from $7.2 billion down to $7.1 million. That sounds pretty bad. It's not that bad. They're still making $7.1 billion. And in the world of can you do that, it would be very difficult for you and me to start a new farm factory business, farm factory equipment business. There is competition. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying deer and caterpillar are the cream of the crops. Komatsu, also pretty nice as well. 
Corn prices have risen about 15% from a record low or about $5.62 a bushel set back in July. And for the record, that wasn't a record low. That was a recent low. Um, So corn prices are moving aggressively higher, faster, higher crop prices tend to boost farmer incomes and the higher farmer incomes mean more money on things like John Deere tractors. Farmers, of course, don't change their behavior based on every tick of a commodity's future. But generally speaking, corn prices are the basis of a farm economy. Corn prices are also up because U.S. weather is not cooperating this growing season. About 55% of corn, the crop itself, is in good or excellent condition. That's down from about 73% back in June. At this time last year, it was about 64%. So you want some delicious Iowa raised corn? It's going to be a little bit tougher this year. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. And because the crops are in bad condition now, that probably means less supply in the future, which means if we continue to eat our three stalks of corn a month, whatever it is the average American eats, we'll probably be paying more. I bring up John Deere and Caterpillar as a way of saying corn prices. And I hope you find some glee in some of the things that I talk about, because I certainly do. Um, I like talking corn prices. I don't know why. It's like when I started getting into this industry 25 years ago, and I heard about hogs and the commodity hogs, right? And pork bellies. Um, There's two bellies. And the most expensive thing about pork bellies is not the animal itself. It's the amount of time it has to stay in refrigeration after it's slaughtered. As far as pricing goes. Don't, don't, don't tell that to your professor because it's a little bit off base, but it's the right idea. Elsewhere in the world of money, 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 home price growth has slowed for the fourth month in a row. As the housing market continues to cool amidst higher mortgage rates, no one thinks lower rates are coming anytime soon. Many people think higher rates are coming in the short term. The increased cost of home ownership has dampened buyer demand and caused prices to decelerate at a faster pace than initially expected. If the Federal Reserve ends up breaking the mortgage market, it would be pretty interesting a historical footnote. High rates and elevated home prices continue to hurt prospective buyers. The average rate on a 30-year mortgage is 6.69%. Top five markets that are at risk of seeing big price declines. This is an interesting one. Reno, Nevada. Boise City, Idaho. Bellingham, Washington. I'm like, Bellingham, Washington? Silverdale, Washington, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. The biggest month-over-month home price drops are seen in the Mountain West and the West Coast. I bought a home a year ago, watched it soar in value, and now I'm watching it drop in value. Housing markets on the West Coast and the Mountain West, as well as second home markets, recorded particularly strong price growth in the summer of 2021. Yep. Michael Burry, he's famous for the big short movie on HBO that you might have seen. You might not have. Uh, he's a little bit, I'm not going to say a 
jerk. But when he talks, he's very, I don't, I don't use the word definitive, but he's doing an analysis of home insurance in Florida. And he thinks homes in parts of Florida could fall 50% when buyers realize the true cost of flood protection. And inside the article where he was quoted, you see mobile homes that are just up to their hips in water after Hurricane Ian. And he basically is saying insurance companies are going to go out of business and the insurance companies that are remaining, they're going to raise prices, raise prices, raise prices. And he doesn't see that stopping. So he thinks home prices due to the cost of insuring your home, the home price of the home could drop 50% from where they're at today. Some flood insurance policies today that cost $300 or $400, he said, will jump to $10,000 as part of a re-risk rating. That would be a, a, a deal breaker. I have no interest in Florida. The cockroaches there are huge because it's so humid. No, thank you. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Let's look at some headlines and see if they tell us anything interesting. Apple supplier Foxconn, they basically manufacture things for other people. And they do very high-end semiconductors and very high-end complex phones, computers, putting assembling. They are cautiously, cautiously positive. That's a tough phrase for me to turn. Cautiously positive. It doesn't make a lot of logical sense because cautious has cautious in it and positive has no caution in it. Um, but it, they say they're cautiously positive on fourth quarter after record sales. Um, and Foxconn basically told Apple, we're raising prices next year and you're not going to tell us just because you're a big boy that you're not going to accept those price hikes, are you? So they're playing tough with Apple. Okay. That should give you a little hope in some of the growth stocks that are getting beaten up on the NASDAQ. Micron said they're going to spend up to $100 billion to build a computer chip factory in New York. Um, that story to me is all about COVID zero policies out of China and trying to say, you know what, we're going to have to suck it up and build in America. We know America's got tougher building laws. We know America's got tougher labor laws. But if we're going to supply the world with our chips, we have to have some stability that America brings that China doesn't. And I hope it doesn't sound like I'm backing on China. I'm not trying. Apple's iPhone may have to use a common charger after EU lawmakers approve the rule. I don't know how I feel about that. But I do know that Apple makes an egregious amount of money selling cases and, and adapters and plugs and chargers. and but. We also could say no. So sometimes I don't like lawmakers. Sometimes I understand what they're trying to pull off here. And I I guess I can live with this one, but it feels a little bit like EU lawmakers have a little bit too much time on their hand. The European Parliament approved the rule, which if passed will mean all mobile phones, tablets, cameras sold in the European Union must be equipped with a USB type C charging port by the end of 2024. Apple, who has the lightning charger and it's proprietary, obviously would lose out. Um, and when you're talking about millions and millions and millions of phones, and then you start talking about the common architecture of USB Type-C charging ports, I get it. 
Um, but can we solve world hunger or cancer or something bigger than chargers? Just asking for that favor. Um, I hate Kim Kardashian. That's something that I'm just, I'm going to have to deal with it. She got fined $1.26 million by the SEC over her crypto promo. Um, what you need to know about this is you should never, I mean, you've got to look at everything is like protecting yourself. If you're taking financial advice or crypto advice from Brian Reynolds or Tom Cruise, it's really like, aren't these people paid to look good on a screen? Um, Kim Kardashian's claim to fame is that her daddy had a lot of money and she had a sex tape and you're taking financial advice. If you've ever watched five minutes of the Kardashians, you've got to see that it's A, all fake, and B, it's all fake. There's nothing interesting going on there. And to spend a lot of money on plastic surgery to enhance your buttocks just tells me, like, we are just a weird, we are a society that's heading towards, like, Rome. Anyhow, I am digressing. Let's talk about a stock that... This is not my idea. I'm stealing someone else's idea. Um, called Pool. Picker level P-O-O-L. And guess what Pool does? Yeah, they, they, they do. They're in the pool business, right? Um, pools became a big thing in the pandemic. Homeowners bored from COVID-19 lockdowns, flush with cash thanks to rising home prices, government stimulus payments. They rushed to put swimming pools into their homes. About 117,000 pools were installed in the United States in 2021, up 50% from the pandemic, pre-pandemic 2019. A lot of times now we refer to different phases of our economy as we say 2019, pre-pandemic, 2020, 2021, pandemic, 2022, kind of a recovery. But it hasn't been smooth. When will it be normalized? 2023-2024. Pool is the world's largest wholesale distributor of swimming pool supplies. As big as its top 50 competitors combined, they are they are the 800. No, no, 40,000 pound gorilla. That's how big they are. And you're like, that's a big gorilla. They've got a dominant market share. 80% of its business comes from recurring Services such as repair, maintenance, and remodeling. Uh, I have a pool, and Pool Magazine comes to my home once a month trying to get me to supplies. I'm like, how did they even know? I certainly didn't sign up for this catalog. Um, the stock seems extreme. The company certainly benefited from COVID lockdowns and rising home prices. It's far from a play on just those things. It's the world's largest wholesale distributor of swimming pool supplies. Let me repeat one more time. They're bigger than their top 50 competitors combined. Now, I used to say Walmart is bigger than number two, three, four, and five combined. They're bigger than two through 50 combined. I equate it to your utility bill or your cell phone service. Um, I've got an unlimited plan with Verizon, and I'm like, oh. It's just a common unlimited plan to get 5G unlimited. It's another $5 a month. I'm like, why don't they just give it to me for free? Why don't they just add it into my bill and I'll pay it and you'll pay it too. Your utility bill, your electricity, you got to keep your cell phone bill. You got to keep 
certain things you're going to buy month after month after month after month after month. So during the winter months, do I cover up my pool and not use it? Nope, because it's got to be cleaned. Um, in the winter months, I go a little more chlorine. I know you're saying that's an interesting thought. Just a way of keeping it a little bit cleaner. Um, people don't let their pool turn green. And that's recurring revenue. That's what Wall Street loves, the subscription model. Wall Street loved Netflix on the subscription model. Now, they turned on it. But if you can get someone to pay you every single month, there's a lot of visibility. The company's stock dropped 10% on July 21 after it reported second quarter profits of $7.59 a share. Revenue of $2.1 billion came in about 4% below consensus. Stock is largely languished since and now hovers just 5% above its 52-week lows. So Barron's is basically saying, this should be looked at. They're not telling you to buy. Barron's is way too smart for that. They're saying, this is something that hit our radar because they're bigger than number two through 50 put together. Now, here's the bear case argument on it. Recent second quarter top line miss is evidence that pool is susceptible to the softening housing market. The company blamed a particularly wet and cold spring with recent heat waves boosting sales. That reveal a strange fact about the swimming pool business. It's better during periods of drought than monsoon. Again, something you don't really think about, right? A pool uses roughly half the water of a lawn. California droughts of years have gone by, haven't affected pools distribution business to any significant degree. I I have a pool and I guess I should feel bad. But it uses half as much as my lawn does, and my lawn uses almost nothing. The company has used prior dry periods to educate water officials and pool buyers about the efficiency of pools versus other landscaping options. So is it a value or not? It's trading 18 times earnings. The stock market's trading 16 times. So right there, you're paying a premium. Its pool stock typically gets a 50% premium to the market because the earnings have been growing faster over time. They seem to be able to buy all their competition, and they seem to be able to corner the market. Um, in the midst of the housing crisis of 2002, 2006, 2008, um, it's tied towards housing prices, which is fascinating. Um, so Barron's got enough there in an article for me to go, I'm going to look at that stock. Now, I'm not going to go, well, Barron's, and let, let me see who the writer of that article was, um, Teresa Rivas. Now, I'm going to look her up, and eh. she's been covering the financial market since 2007. I've been covering the financial market since the 1990s. I'm like, eh. So then I'll look at some of her other articles that she's written. Just like, I want a good feel for you know, her insights into business. Again, I'm not buying the stock, but it got me, she got me with that line. It's bigger than number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to 50 put together. And now that I own a pool, I understand that I can't let it turn green. And those chemicals aren't cheap. One of my dream jobs, and you're going to laugh at me when I say this, one of my dream jobs is to be a pool cleaner. One minute. Like when I turn 60, just go to people's homes and get the leaves out and dump some chemicals in. So I was talking to the guy who cleans my pool. 
And um, he's the most relaxed dude in the world. He goes to like 10 houses a day and just cleans their pool. He looks happy. He looks stress-free. He looks like he doesn't know what's going on in the market. And that's the way he likes it. Um, to give you an idea, back in 1995, this was a $2 stock. It's now a $337 stock. Now, when market prices hit a peak last year, this was a $566 stock. Now it's a $337 stock. So it's down bigly. Those are the stocks that I, I become attracted to. I'm going to continue to do work on it. I'm not going to buy it today, tomorrow, or the next day. I'm not legally allowed to. I may not even ever buy it. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.